Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Let me, uh, let me read something to you. In 2003, a guy by the name of Gary Ridgway confessed to the murder of 48 women. Uh, later on, he was convicted of more, and, and that number creeped up towards 60. In 2003, at his sentencing, uh, victims of the families that lost somebody had the opportunity to come and speak at this sentencing and speak to Gary Ridgway and speak to their loved one's murderer. And understandably, many of them addressed him in anger. Many of them addressed him in frustration because of the unimaginable grief they had to experience, right? They were angry. They were mad. So they shook their fists and yelled and screamed. And all the while, Gary Ridgway just looked on, stone-faced, couldn't be affected. Then a guy named Robert Rule took the stand. And uh, he said these words to Gary Ridgway. Gary Ridgway was the, the murderer of Robert Rule's daughter. And these are the words that he said. Mr. Ridgway, there are people here that hate you. I'm not one of them. You made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that's to forgive. He says these words to his daughter's murderer. You are forgiven, sir. I've got no category for that kind of forgiveness. For the kind of forgiveness that looks your kid's murderer in the eye and says, there are people here that hate you. I don't hate you. But you've made it really hard for me to do what God says to do, and that's to forgive you. But nonetheless, I forgive you. Murder of my kid. I forgive you. So here's what we're presented with. What on earth does it take for somebody in that position to extend forgiveness like that to a person like that? We would be so quick. Well, I'll speak for me. I would be so quick to say, you don't deserve my forgiveness, dude. You don't. You took something from me that I'll never get back. You don't deserve my forgiveness. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to scream at you. I'm going to shake my fist. I'm going to tell you how wrong that you are. I'm going to beg that the judge would give you the maximum sentence. I'm going to beg that the judge would give you worse than you did to these people. I'm going to do that kind of thing. I'm going to want revenge. I'm going to want to be vindicated. But in that moment, a dad who lost his daughter to murder stares at her murderer in the face and says, I forgive you. Because of what God says to do. So the question should come up in our heads. Does the Bible really say that we ought to forgive other people? Does the Bible really say that we have to forgive? That's what we're going to find out in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Read along with me. You can follow along with me. I'm going to read 21 through 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. 
And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So we're asking this question. We're asking this question of the scriptures. Does the Bible really say that we have to, that we should, as followers of Christ, forgive other people? And so all along throughout this series, we've been asking three questions is what does the Bible say? How do we understand the topic incorrectly? And how should we understand it correctly? And what does that mean for us moving forward? The Bible say about forgiveness and our role. Verse 21, then Peter came and said to him. So Peter has now approached Jesus. Jesus just got done speaking to his disciples about, hey, this is what happens if you see your brother in sin. This is how you handle it. You go to him. If he doesn't repent, you take another person with you. And on and on and on it goes. So they just got told about, hey, here's how you deal with somebody who has sinned and maybe even sinned against you. And so then Peter came to Jesus up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So Peter has asked the question, so how many times does my, my brother get to sin against me before I stop forgiving him? And he offers a number to Jesus, as many as seven times? I mean, that seems like a fair amount. Like, it's a complete number, right, Jesus? So as many as seven times? That sounds good to me, right? This is what Jesus says in verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And here's what we shouldn't mistake. Jesus isn't giving us a number to check off. Like, oh, you sinned against me 77 times. Forgiveness tank is empty. It's an illustration. It's, a, it's like hyperbole to say, you should just keep on forgiving. Because here's the first thing that we need to know what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. That extending forgiveness is not limited to a number of offenses. Extending forgiveness is not, is, is not based on a limited number of offenses. It's not based on a limited number of offenses. It's not three strikes and you're out. It's not you have a certain number of lives and then it's game over. It's not that. It's not I'm keeping tally marks and when, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm out of room, you're done. Forgiveness, extending forgiveness is not based on a certain limited number of offenses against us. Jesus says, as many as 77 times, keep on forgiving. The second thing that we find that the Bible says about forgiveness, we find in verse 23. Jesus begins to tell this parable in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servant. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So here's the scenario. There's this king and there's a servant who owes him a whole lot of money. 10,000 talents. Don't think $10,000. Think like the largest amount of money that you could just fathom, right? Just think zillion. That, let's just go there. That's fine. That's a whole lot of money. We could never pay it back. Therefore, this guy could never pay it back. Verse 25. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So he's like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. You can't pay me back. So I'm going to sell you and your wife and your children. And so that I can get what I am owed. Verse 26. <clears throat> so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you 
everything. So he pleads with the guy, would you please just, just have patience? Just, just, just give me some time. I'll pay you everything. And look how, the, look how the king responds in verse 27. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. So he doesn't say, okay, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a little while. I'll give you a year. I'll give you two years. That's not what he does. Out of pity for him, he forgives him the debt. He erases the debt. Forgiven. Go free. You don't owe me anymore. And here's what we learn about forgiveness according to the scriptures. That forgiveness is not earned. It's extended out of compassion. Forgiveness is not earned. It's extended out of compassion. You see, often, often we think that you have to do certain things in order to get forgiveness or, or to be worthy of receiving forgiveness. But that's not the, na- that's not the message of the scriptures. It's not, it is not earned. It's extended out of compassion. The Bible even says pity. We should understand that. Forgiveness is not earned. It's extended out of compassion. The third thing that we see that the Bible has to say about forgiveness, we find in verse 28. When the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Does that, does that phrase sound familiar to you? The same thing that this dude said to his master. He's like, no, 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 chill out, dude. Please just get, have patience with me. I'll pay you back. The master lets him go. So that servant walks out, finds, finds another fellow servant of his. He's like, hey, you owe me money. Give it back. I know it's not the same amount that I owe the master, but you owe me money. I want it back. And the guy's like, hey, I don't have it right now. Can you just have patience with me and I'll pay you? Look how he responds. Verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went out and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should, not, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. The third thing that we learn about what the Bible has to say about forgiveness is to those who, re- those who receive give forgiveness ought to be people who extend forgiveness to others. Those who receive forgiveness ought to be people who extend forgiveness to others. This servant, he he was forgiven the greatest of debts, unfathomable amounts of debt. He was forgiven it by his master. He goes to a fellow servant and says, you owe me money. Not even close to the amount that he previously owed. You owe me money. He starts to choke him. He says, give it back. And the guy's like, please, just give me, just give me a little bit. He's like, nope, not a chance. To jail you go until you pay me back you see he has misunderstood the forgiveness that he has received because this is the deal if we have really really received the forgiveness from people then we ought to be people who extend forgiveness to others forgiven people extend forgiveness to other people those who have received forgiveness ought to extend forgiveness to others maybe the natural question that comes up then is why Because you understand that it could have just as easily been you that needed the forgiveness. It could have just as easily been you that did the wrong. It could have just as easily been you that was on the chopping block. It could have just as easily been you that was in the chokehold needing and begging for forgiveness. So you understand, I've been been given forgiveness. Who am I to withhold that from you? The last thing that we find out about forgiveness from this passage of scripture, we find in verse 35. 
so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. You see, Jesus wraps up this parable and he finally gives them the lesson of the story. He says, this is what God's like. He says, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And here's what we learn from that. That withholding forgiveness from people comes with serious effects. Withholding forgiveness from people comes with serious effects. Effects on you and effects on them. Withholding forgiveness from people comes with serious effects. So, okay, we understand basically what this scripture is saying, what the Bible says about forgiveness. But how have we understood this topic of forgiveness, this issue of forgiveness incorrectly? What are some things that we've been given by culture or by well-meaning people that are really incorrect in light of what the Bible has to say? Well, here's the first thing. That you only have to forgive those, you only have to forgive those who deserve it or ask for it. You only have to forgive the people who deserve it or ask for it. Here's the problem. Who deserves forgiveness? Who deserves forgiveness? Look back at verse 27. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. The master didn't forgive the servant because the servant deserved forgiveness. He extended, he extended forgiveness simply out of pity for him, simply out of compassion for him. He could have never paid the debt, but he extended forgiveness out of compassion. We ought not be people who say, you only have to forgive those who deserve it or ask for it. Who deserves forgiveness? I don't. So how can we put ourselves in the position of God and say, you don't deserve my forgiveness? And we all, well, maybe it's not like that for you. Maybe you say, well, it's not that for me, Kate. It's, it's, it's like uh, they haven't asked for forgiveness. They haven't said they're sorry. They haven't repented to me. So I can't give them my forgiveness. Like that's what God requires of us, right? Like God requires that we ask for forgiveness and that we repent and we receive forgiveness. But here's the deal. You're not God. And for that matter, God extends forgiveness based on his own desire, not on your effort toward him. If our, if our forgiveness before God is based on whether or not, whether or not we have asked for it or not, or have repented in a certain way, that becomes works-based forgiveness. That becomes works-based salvation. God extends forgiveness based on his compassion and grace alone. And when we receive that compassion and we receive that grace, you know what it causes us to do? Repent. But we cannot be people who say, well, if they haven't said they're sorry, or if they haven't asked for their forgiveness, I can't give it to them. They have to go through these steps in order to get it. You've put yourself in the position of God where we ought not be. And what's more than that? God extends forgiveness based on his compassion alone, not on our effort. Not on our effort. Second thing we, that we misunderstand about forgiveness is we say things like this, that Man, if I forgive that person, what it really means is that I'm letting them, letting them off the hook. If I forgive them, I'm letting them get away with what they did to me. Okay, they wronged me. Okay, they've hurt me. If I forgive them, what I'm really saying is that what you did is okay. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to let them get away. I want them to feel how hurt I am. I want them to know how bad they hurt me. And so you know how I'm going to do that to them? I'm just going to hold a grudge. I'm going to let them know over and over again that I'm mad at them. I'm going to let them know that I haven't forgiven them. I'm going to tell them maybe even, you don't deserve my forgiveness. 
Because if I, if I give them forgiveness, what it's really saying is, what you did is okay. And here's my question. Is that what God does with us? The answer is no. You see, when God extends forgiveness to us, it's not him saying, hey, all of your sin is okay. I, it's, it's not a big deal. It, it's just good. It's okay behavior. No, no, no. This is what he says. Your sin is so not okay that I sent my son to be murdered in your place. That's how not okay your sin is. You see, God never said that it was okay by extending forgiveness to you. He put the punishment of your sin on his own son. In Romans 5, 8 says it like this. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were currently rebelling, while we had turned our back, God extended the means of forgiveness to us. He didn't let us, he didn't tell us that it was okay. He didn't say your behavior's all right. He said, it's so not okay that my son's gonna pay your debt by dying. So forgiveness, we need to understand that forgiveness is not telling the person that's offended you or wronged you that it's okay, that their behavior's all right. It's not. The last thing that we misunderstand about forgiveness is that we think that not forgiving that not forgiving someone has no effects on us at all. We think, well, if I don't forgive them, it's not really going to have any effects on anyone or me at all. Here's what Paul says about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you, somebody has caused these people pain. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Paul's saying you should forgive this guy who's caused you pain. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Did you catch it? He says, when we, when we withhold forgiveness from somebody, you know what it does? It cracks the door in our life for Satan to work evil in us. When you withhold forgiveness from somebody, it does affect you. In fact, it cracks the door open for the work of Satan in your life to start to sow seeds of bitterness in you. You know how this exposes itself? It starts to expose itself like this. Somebody wrongs you and you think, I'm never going to forgive you because you don't deserve it. I'm, I'm going to hold the grudge for life. And initially it shows itself like anger and frustration. And then it develops into bitterness. And that bitterness exposes itself in all kinds of ways. Anger, sadness. You start to break from social situations you, because you're reminded of that person or you have to interact with that person in your social circle or you have to interact with them on your team or in your class or somewhere. And so every time you're around that person, you just can't handle it because you are so bitter inside at that person for how they wronged you. And you thought the whole time that if I don't forgive them, it's not gonna, really going to affect me. But the, the reality is, is that when you withhold forgiveness some, from somebody, it affects you more. It eats at you. And it rules your life. And some of you know this really well. Because you've been in seasons like that. Maybe you're in a season like that. Where you're angry and you're hurt because somebody legitimately hurt you. And it's not okay. 
And as a result, you're frustrated, you're angry, and maybe you're even bitter. And it's controlling your life. And you don't want to live that way. You're wondering why. I thought that this would be okay. Like, I'm not giving them forgiveness, but really it's affecting me more than it's even affecting them. Because we ought not be people who withhold forgiveness. You see what it said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 35. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. There are serious, serious effects of withholding forgiveness from, from people. Matthew six fourteen through 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If we do not extend forgiveness, it says, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Why? And how can it be that way? Because here's likely what's the case. When we withhold forgiveness from people that have hurt us, what it's likely displaying in us is that we have misunderstood the, the forgiveness that we have received in Jesus. When we withhold forgiveness from people who have hurt us, what it's likely displaying is that we have misunderstood the forgiveness that we've been extended in Jesus. Because if we really understood it, that God, just by his grace, not because we earned it, but just because of his love and compassion and pity, extended forgiveness to us because of his son's sacrifice, if we really understood that and let it sink into our hearts, we would be people who say, how could I ever withhold this from you? Because God didn't withhold it from me. So who am I to hold this back from you? Who am I to play the, the role of God here? We ought to be people who extend forgiveness because we've been extended forgiveness in Christ. You see, this is a gospel issue. When we hold on to forgiveness, when we say you don't deserve it, we misunderstand the gospel. Because the gospel says you didn't deserve it, but God extended it to you anyway. Well, then the question is this. How should we understand forgiveness correctly then? And what does that mean for us? Here's how we should understand it correctly. Just one thing. Forgiveness is a command from God. Forgiveness is a command from God. I'll read Matthew 6, 4. Forgive others their trespasses. Neither will others their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The assumption is that we must forgive, that God has commanded us to forgive. It's an expectation of his people to forgive. Now, I know, I, I know, that in that scenario, what comes up in us is this. Okay, you don't, you don't understand just how bad it is. You don't, you don't really understand just how hurt I am. You don't know what my friend did, what my mom did, what my dad did, what this person did. I'm, I'm physically, I got physically abused or they socially shoved me out. Man, they've ruined my life. How could I ever extend forgiveness? Believe it or not, I understand that. Because I'm, when I turned 18, I came home, opened the door, and saw my dad with bags packed. He said, I'm leaving. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm leaving. And he walked out, shut the door. That's the last day that my dad would live in the same house as me. My parents quickly thereafter divorced. All this news rolled out. My dad had hidden money, money that was supposed to be my college fund. 
My dad had been unfaithful to my mom once, at least one time. Wounded my mom, wounded my sister. Blew up our family. You know what happened? I got angry. I got bitter. Because I thought, how could you do this? How could you do this to us? And so that anger grew into bitterness and that bitterness began to display itself in rage toward my mom and my sister. People who hadn't even wronged me. I'm yelling at my mom because I'm mad at my dad. I'm yelling at my sister because I'm mad at my dad. And so I I finally give up and in a desperate effort, I go and meet with a pastor friend of mine. I said, man, I don't know what's going on in me. I don't know how to deal with this. And so he started to talk about forgiveness and he said these words, hear me. In love, he told me this. Forgiveness is not an option. It's a command from God. And I know you might think that I got real angry in that moment, but it was so freeing for me to hear. Forgiveness is not an option. It's a command from God. This is what God expects of us. But he helped me with a handful of things to help me understand just what that forgiveness looks like. Because often what we can think is we misunderstand forgiveness, so we refuse to extend it. But let's understand just a handful of things that were really helpful to me. Here's the first thing, that forgiveness and respect are two different things. It's not holding the grudge. It's not being a person who wants to get revenge. That's forgiveness. Respect is saying, yeah, your character is good. What you did is okay. I respect all of that. That's different. Forgiveness and respect are two different things. So I extended forgiveness to my dad and it was freeing for me. But did I respect my dad in that moment? No way. No way. I will not say that the behavior that he did was okay. But I can still forgive him. Because my forgiveness isn't an approval of his behavior. It's a display of the gospel. The second thing that we ought to understand about forgiveness is forgiveness does not mean no boundaries. Forgiveness does not mean no boundaries. You see, often what we can think is, okay, so if we forgive them, then we should welcome back in in this like full, unhindered, completely reconciled relationship, right? So if my boyfriend wronged me and he was just like a complete jerk to me, I should forgive him. We should date again and just put myself in that scenario all over again. No. That will set you up for failure. If a friend has wronged you or something in that world, you, you may not need to reconcile that relationship in the way that it used to be. It may need to have some distance between it now. And so it was with my dad. There are things to this day that I will not do with my dad because of the boundaries that I have set up. I lowered the bar. And I raised the wall of boundary. Not because I don't love my dad. Not because I haven't forgiven my dad but because it's smart, because it's safe. That's consequence for my dad. It's smart for us. Forgiveness doesn't mean no boundaries. You might need to set up smart boundaries with whoever whoever it is that has wronged you. And the last thing that we ought to understand about forgiveness is this. When you forgive other people, it is a display of the gospel. When you forgive other people, it is a display of the gospel. What's more, when you forgive other people that other people think, you should never forgive that person. 
When you do that, it displays the gospel. It displays what Jesus has done for us. It displays the gospel to that person and to all those around who are aware of the situation. It displays they didn't deserve it, but you extended it anyway. And the answer for that to the person who says, why would you do that? Because God has done it for me. And if God has extended forgiveness to me when I didn't deserve it, perfect as he is, and I am wicked, if he extended me forgiveness, who am I to withhold it from them? Who am I? We ought to be people who extend forgiveness to people. We ought not be people who withhold it. Let's display the gospel and forgiveness. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Here's a couple of questions that I want you to think about. Are there people who have hurt you? Are there people who have hurt you that you need to forgive today? That maybe you just need to have a conversation with God and release that to God. Maybe you don't need to go and interact with them and say, I forgive you, but you need to have a conversation with God. Maybe you need to have a conversation with them. Maybe they've come repentant and you just said, I'm never going to give you forgiveness. You don't deserve it, but you need to extend forgiveness. Maybe that's somebody in here. You've been hurt and you need to extend forgiveness. Maybe, maybe there's somebody in here who has done the offending. Maybe you have offended somebody, wronged somebody, and you need to go and repent and apologize and say, I wronged you and it's not okay. Let's be people who display the gospel with our actions.